All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you alive and well, uh, bringing you another episode of Sabbath Lounge. That's right. Uh, This is going to be Yeshua Hates Part 2. Yes, and uh, so we may end up doing, we don't really know how many parts, but so far two parts is what we've got. (laughs) That's what we got. (laughs) So, uh, and so if you haven't uh, listened to the first one, um, go check it out. And we kind of lay out, there's a lot of things that not only Yeshua hates, but God, uh, Yahweh, um, they both hate. Right. And it's, uh, kind of leads into what we're going to talk about today. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the Nicolaitans and first off, we appreciate you stopping by. We really would like it if you would follow us. If you would like it and subscribe to the channel, um, our subscribership goes up slowly but surely. And That's right. We appreciate all of you that give us some time to listen. And we have um, lots of things happening and lots of content that's getting published. And we, we do uh, redo some things like the Torah portions. Our plan is to redo the Torah portions um, so there'll be always something coming out once a week. And then from periodically as we, as we grow and age through Sabbath lounge, we will go back and re-record some of those, I'm sure. But right. Anyway, well, we appreciate you taking a listen at, uh, the Nicolaitans and you may be asking yourself, what are you, what are you talking about? Who are the Nicolaitans? Right. And, uh, that's kind of why, uh, we're doing this one. Yeah. So we wondered the same thing. We saw some glimpses of, um, who they might be and uh, that kind of uh, right we saw in part one that in revelation it says that he hates the deeds of the nicolaitans and the doctrines of the nicolaitans so we're like oh well we probably shouldn't do that yeah and so it's worth studying to know um how you know we don't want to be like them and so we may have to study them a little bit so we can make sure we're not like them right so the nicolaitans so you can go research, um, you know, and this one, then this is pretty easy. Uh, you, if you just go to Wikipedia, uh, it takes uh, just a minute and you're going to find these really old dudes and, um, that these, wrote these really old books Yes, with these uh, weird halos around their heads. And some people might call them saints, early church fathers, all kinds of things. We're not saying that we endorse these people and, think that everything they said was right on but we're or that saying it's scripture right. right but we're saying let's take a look at what other people t- said about the nicolaitans to help us understand historically what people thought about you know what people thought about them right so and i think that can kind of help paint a picture of who they are so jake would you read this guy yep and uh, what he says about them and he was like i guess the date is 426 so it's a long time ago right So this is, I guess, Irenaeus, something like that. So he says, John, the disciple of Yahweh, of Yeshua, actually, preaches this faith, the deity of Messiah, and seeks by the proclamation of the gospel to remove that error, which by Serinthus had been disseminated among men, and a long time previously by those termed Nicolaitans, who are an offset of that knowledge, false, falsely so-called, that he might confound them and persuade them that there is but one Elohim who made all things by his word. So, Jake, uh, this does seem to imply that somebody in this group may not be what we would call monotheistic. Right. 
So uh, John appears to be uh, trying to uh, uh, bring bring this knowledge, kind of uh, dive, dive, disillusion someone of this false knowledge of multiple deities. And he's saying there's only one true Elohim, and he points him to Yahweh. All right, and then we'll go on, and we're going to look at another guy. And so, once again, this all comes from Wikipedia. If you want to check it out and see what it says, you'll see that it says the same thing. So, Jake, there's this other guy. Serinthus. So this is the guy mentioned in the previous from the Irenaeus guy. So uh, he says, the Nicolaitans are the followers of that Nicholas, who was one of the seven first ordained in the diaconate by the apostles. They lead lives of unrestrained indulgence. The character of these men is very plainly pointed out in the Apocalypse of John as teaching that it is a matter of indifference to practice adultery and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Wherefore, the word has also spoken of them thus. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Which we talked about in the previous episode. Right. And for scripture reference, if you go look at Acts chapter 6, you'll see this moment that he's talking about. And so history is not certain about Nicholas. And if he if he was clearly he was a good person uh, or he would have been chosen. Right. (laughs) And so he gets chosen. And so we don't know if he falls from grace or if people uh took something he said and ran with it and and, and gave him credit for it. You We've know, never seen know. people twist someone's words no, no, to uh no, never to wickedness. Yeah, right. Never. So so um you know I kind of believe unfortunately the latter that probably you know people twisted something he said but but we don't know. We, you know I don't know that we can know that from the the information we have in the text but um Anyway, it's interesting to see what these other people thought about him. Right. So uh, this idea that they lead lives of unrestrained indulgence, we'll kind of touch on that near the end of this one. But um, that's that's kind of the deeds that that are and doctrines that are not helpful. Yeah. And clearly they're practicing adultery, which that sounds like a terrible idea. Right. So, so. Um, We know that's bad. And then, all right, so we're going to move forward a little bit in time. And um, this guy is Henry Blunt, who was a kind of a historian, and he wrote a lot of things, and he was probably British since he was in London. Right. So So this John Henry Blunt, I think, was a steel-driving man. I don't know about that one. Okay, well. Was that John Henry? Yeah, John Henry Blunt. Yes. <laughs> look it up on your own time. <laughs> yes, so this John Henry Blunt, what he says is he talks, he says basically Blunt holds that the Nicolaitans either believed that the command against ritual sex was part of the Mosaic law from which they had been freed from by Jesus Christ, and it was licit for them, or they went too far during Christian, quote, love feast, unquote. Interesting. Blunt sees echoes of this behavior in the abominations which Paul gives the Corinthians, though he does not name them as such. Blunt also believes 
that similar echoes can be found in the abominations of Jude 4 through 16, which invokes both Balaam's era and love's love feast in 2 Peter 2, 21, 2-21, which repeats much of Jude's statements, including evoking Balaam. So let's go back up to the beginning, and this kind of tells you, so they said they were free from the law. Right. So uh, since... Important to note. Right. So since they're freed, since Messiah freed them from the Mosaic law, then they can go ahead and partake in their ritual originations, if you will. Yeah, they can do whatever. They're free. Yeah. The law doesn't hold them back. So that is clearly part of what the Nicolaitan doctrine, you know, according to Blunt, that is for sure the way he perceived, um, you know, what was written and said about them. That's how he saw them. So interesting. So we'll move on. Let's look at some other people. And then uh, look at this guy, Jake. Who is this? This is Tertullian, I guess. I guess that's a, a photograph of him. Yes, real from photograph. The, from the time. Mm-hmm. So we kind of jump back in, in time, uh, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so he said, John, however, in the apocalypse is charged to chastise those who eat things sacrificed to idols and who commit sexual immorality. There are even now another sort of Nicolaitans. Theirs is called the Gaian heresy or the Gaian. So, uh, yeah. Either one sounds bad. Gaian, Gaian. Yeah, sounds no no good way to say it, Jake. Right. So this John of the Apocalypse, he's talking about uh, Revelation, of course, um, where. Of course, he brings up the Nicolaitans and not to do the deeds and the doctrines and uh, uh, ties that to eating things, sacrificed to idols, and sexual immorality. So, yeah, and if you look up um, this uh, gay and um, heresy, you know, it's, it takes you right to Nicolism mm. and Gnosticism. So, you know, um, definitely something, you know, for sake of time, you know, I think that's something if you're interested, you can go look and see um, what all is involved in that. But um, anyway, so that definitely, um, you know, there seems to be a sexual component to this and not eating uh, th- things or eating things sacrificed to idols. So clearly both of these things you weren't supposed to do. Right. Which is a lot of. Uh, if this, when you think about this stuff going on at the same time as the early quote unquote early church, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense that things like Acts 15 is brought up about eating certain things. Yeah. yeah. And things like First uh, Corinthians, where he's talking about, hey, uh, get your arm off your, <laughs> your father's wife over yeah. there. Uh-huh. Uh, so those kind of things. And yeah. Romans 14 makes sense. And 13 and 14 make sense through this stuff. I guess 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is the kind of stuff it seems like they were dealing with. Or at least it caught on from then and turned into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if you've never seen that concept of love feast, you know, that that's addressed in a couple of places. And so that is one of those things where you're like, 
when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I love feasts. You know, I sounds, don't sounds remember weird, ever but... saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember saying that? No. I, I remember seeing that and uh, thinking, you know, it, I had a different idea of what that might mean when I was a child, for sure. So I'm like, oh, they're happy. Right. And they're holding hands and the music's playing. And that was the gay and heresy <laughs> that you okay. fell into. That's right. Uh, so moving on. So we're going to look at this. These old dudes, um, kind of interesting. I don't even know who these people are, but um, like this I said, one down here is Friar Tuck. <laughs> Friar Tuck, yes. We're not saying we endorse any of these people, but we're saying it's worthy of noting historically what do people say the Nicolaitans are. So tell us about these people. So Victorinus of Petau held that the error of the Nicolaitans was that they ate things offered to idols. Beedy Bede states that Nicholas allowed other men to marry his wife. And Thomas Aquinas believed that Nicholas supported either polygamy or the holding of wives in common. So it seems like there's this theme that throughout history, these historical writers of an antiquity are uh, kind of all saying the same thing about this Nicolaitanism. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, definitely, I, I read several things about Nicholas about wife swapping and how he just was like whatever you know he you know he he did lots of weird, strange things and had some strange beliefs about that and and not only were they like his personal beliefs were but these were things he taught as a doctrine and it all had to do with you're free from the law. Hmm. You can't so, you can't sin if there's no law to break, right? That's right. That's right. And so since the law being shattered. So Nicolaitism. So the he, the Nicholas, you see him in Acts 6 5. So and we talked about that. So uh, Arrhenius and Eusebus give Nicholas credit for the doctrine of promiscuity. Nicholas was antinomian, which means he's against the law. So you may have heard about that today. You may have come against other people uh, today that or you would classify as antinomian. Jake, have you ever known someone that was antinomian? I see a lot of people that are I myself antinomian. Was one. Yes, and yeah, but probably most of us were this yeah. antinomian. Uh, and uh, it's I don't know. There, you run into different things, but um, some people are either just you know, uh, aloof or that's not really the right direction that I want to go with it, I guess. But they're either um, different laissez-faire about it. That's probably a more accurate direction. Uh, but then you have people that are actually like aggressively against. Yeah. They go out the, of their way. The thing that you're doing. Yeah. It's like, how dare you be obedient it's separating you from, you know, the, it's creating this separation uh, in our, you know, in our uh, brotherliness. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, so my obedience is bad because it creates separation. Because it bothers you. Right. Because that's basically, I've come to that conclusion that that's really what they're saying is... I feel judged by you and I'm uncomfortable with this. So it creates separation. Yeah. Right. 
right? So for the sake of unity, we should be on the same page. Mm -hmm. Never mind the thousands of of denominations yeah, yeah. <laughs> that don't hold to the same. So we'll move on. And so then we get to Balaam and like, what? So uh, hang on, I, Jake, I thought we were talking about Nicolaitan and Nicholas and who these people were. And now we're talking about yeah, Balaam. Yeah, it started with Nicholas and Acts, right? And then we go backwards to Balaam. Just like the church started in Acts, didn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. The church starts in Acts. Not, not really. <laughs> right. I used to think that, though. So basically, I put a quote from Donkey here. Donkey didn't really say this, but if the donkey could talk, he might say, what, Jake? He went where the money was. And who was the he? Uh, Balaam. Balaam. So Balaam was a prophet for profit. By the way, Jake, did we talk about that one time? We made a whole uh, episode on Balaam, a prophet for profit. I and believe. if we were really good at internet, you know, there would be like a link or the little video or something here, but they just pop good. up and yes. you'd just be watching it next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if we're that talented, but, but uh, if you just Googled Sabbath lounge, profit for a profit, you'd probably find it. Right. So he was, so in a way he's like a prosperity gospel preacher. And mostly what I mean by that is he's a false preacher. The things here he says are not true just like a prosperity gospel preacher would be not true. So he uses his knowledge of Yah to make money. He preyed on others, the others being the laity. Balaam was one of the elites, a ruling class lording over others. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. And so to, to even take it another uh, to another level, you know, go back to the story of Balaam and Balak and where did they spend most of their time in that that story? Uh, they spent most of their time in Numbers 22 through 24. No, <laughs> in the high places. In the high places. So which which kind of, and, and the people, and so it was Balaam, and was he hanging out with the commoner? Was Balak, was he like a common everyday Joe? I think Balak was a ruler of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, so who didn't care much for the Israelites? That's right, and so if you if you just put put it in modern terms and look at this, you know, so you know you're definitely dealing with what you would call the one percenters or the ruling class, the elite not, class. Not, yeah, right. not just rich, but these are these are the people that have the drivers and the, the power airplanes right. today. So that's the kind of people that he was hanging out with, and um, and then that's who he aligns himself with. So, um, so Balaam, so today we're going to jump right uh, to the corporate church. So in a lot of ways, a pastor can become a hireling uh, for leveraging who they are and what they know in a position of authority for which they get paid handsomely. Some can corporate. We're, we're talking corporate church here. Yeah, we're not saying all of them, but... But as a whole, corporate church has become a money-making institution. It's become a business. Right. That's why many of us are here where we are today, because we got tired of seeing the business of church. Mm -hmm. So, and that's uh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, but, it's this idea of I like the way you put uh, leveraging who they are and what they know in a position authority, because a lot of people, for some reason, get the idea that 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 person up there on the at the head of the church, I can't know as much as him about the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
when really you guys have access to the same text they do. Yeah. Um, and you have access to the same Holy Spirit he has access to. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And too, far too many people just sit in the pew and they listen to whatever someone tells them to do. And, and, and you know, we, in fact, we live in a whole world today. We, we just recently saw it with some things that happened in 2020 where everyone just sit back and the experts said to do something and everybody just went, okay, we just have to do this now. <laughs> and no one questioned it. Very few. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just what people do. They, they look to an expert and they want the expert to tell them what to do and how to do it. Instead of thinking for yourself. Yeah. And I think that when you go back and, and the more you go into the Torah cycles, the more you study that, the more you understand one of the big problems with the people. And the reason Israel got in such a mess is they, you know, you couldn't just rely on the priest to know things. It was everybody. So the commoner, Joe just raising his family, he didn't know what it, what he was supposed to do or he forgot or didn't care or didn't follow it, rejected it. And because he did that and passed it down to his children, you know, they lost their way and uh, had the, the, if you will, the laity, had the laity kept up with what they were supposed to, they probably would have kept the priesthood in check but they didn't know the scripture enough to keep the priest in check. Right. And so they all kind of lost their way. Right. So he never meant for this to be a setup where, you know, one man is in charge over a lot of other people because history in the world shows us that that usually ends badly. Right. Pretty long list of documentaries you can watch in Netflix about pastors and preachers that did the wrong thing. So. There's some of that out there. Yeah, definitely. So, Jeremiah 23. Would you read this, Jake? Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says Yahweh. Therefore, thus says Yahweh, Elohim of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, says Yahweh. That's not good, Jake. Not good. Don't want to be that guy. That's the people that see that you're uh, uh, pharisaical, that you say and do not do. Yeah. And they go, I'm out of here. This doesn't, there's no truth in this. And then now they're a sheep in the wilderness. Yeah. All right, so once again, this breaking the law. Balaam gave birth to a doctrine, a doctrine that went against the Torah, antinomianism. Almost like that ties into what we're talking about. Yeah. And so, step one, Jake, tell us about the steps. How do you how did how did this happen? Well, you see, first, uh, you'll see that Balaam tells Balak uh, that's not in the numbers situation but it's later on when they talk about uh what happened so uh to get the full story of balaam and black you gotta read like the whole bible and then you'll learn no more or or just google those (laughs) words and see different places in the text where it mentions them and it kind of sheds more light of what that would be that would be the easier way yeah a quicker way yeah Uh, but yeah, so one of the steps was he would get them to eat meat sacrificed to idols 
or like worshiping idols, worshiping other other gods. And then step two was to take idolatrous women and do what feels right to you. And so the idolatrous women would lead the men toward idolatry, wherein their meat would be sacrificed to idols. Yeah. So maybe it's one and two. Maybe they're in the reverse order. Well, uh, either way. Maybe. So Balaam seems to be a part of the Egyptian mystery or the Egyptian magicians and the mystery schools. These ideas... So they end up in Greece eventually, which becomes Rome, and what would become the area of Pergamum, and later the throne of Satan. So, you know, you can trace in history that uh, these magician schools literally move from Egypt and bring all of their wickedness and all of their crazy ideas up there to, to Greece because, you know, they followed the money. And so these are guys that historically rulers had them in their circle of magicians, of, of advisors. And so when Egypt falls, um, and, uh, you know, through the Greeks and Alexander the Great and all that, um, you know, they take those special people. Um, it's kind of like what the U.S. did with Project Paperclip, unfortunately. And it was nothing new, but they took those learned people and they brought them to their homeland and like, oh, these guys are good. And, and, you know, they just, they can continue. help us do that. Yes. They just continue the, the wackiness. And, um, anyway. And so if you've never looked up what the throne of Satan is, Google that, see what that is. Right. Cause Yeshua speaks there and has some strong words and you should, know, he's, know he's that. probably against it, right? Yes. He's against it very much. So, so what is this Jake? Uh, this is where the laity class and ruling class comes from. Part of this belief says the educated should rule over the uneducated. So, yeah, you have a class system being implemented with, uh, hey, just no, just do what we say. You'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're the experts. Trust the experts. So Paul seems to address this issue in his letter to the Ephesian church who uh, seemed to have been obedient to his te- to these teachings. So in the, the his here, we're talking about Nicholas. So um, it does seem like the, the Ephesian church had some issues with this. And then, Jake, I was going to have you read this All section. Right. It comes from Ephesians 5. All right. Be ye, or you, be you therefore followers of Elohim as dear children. And walk in love as Messiah also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to Elohim for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness or foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Elohim and of uh, kingdom of Messiah and of Elohim. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of Elohim upon the children of disobedience. Be not you therefore partakers with them, for you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in Messiah. Walk as children of light. 
for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Master. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So in, in Ephesians 5.5, 5, it is clear that somebody in the, that he's addressing in Ephesus um, had to be into this whoremongering. And so, Jake, I don't know about you, but if you're a whoremonger, I think that you're doing something uh, along the lines of adultery. Uh, it seems to be along yes. those lines, yes. does not seem to be a good thing. And uh, and then also there's idolatry there. So uh, Unclean the, people. Unclean. Those, those went away with uh, the cross. Yes. Uh, no covetous man. Yep. Yeah, it's this idolatrousness and this uh, whoremongering kind of situation that the Nicolaitans are jumping into. All right, so we'll move on. Oh, we got through that. Very nice. Oh, interesting. So, all right. So uh, that is uh, part two of the things that Yeshua hates. And so that's the end of part two. And we ask you to listen to the, the first one. And it's a long list of things that he hates. And then this episode, Jake, what are we doing? This episode, uh, we're going into the Nicolaitans and yeah. who they are. Yep. So we kind of establish that they're connected to Balaam and his donkey, and it's a doctrine. It's a thing that was taught and believed. And so, Jake, do we want them to trust our word for this? Uh, no. Go no. ahead and seek it out yourself. Yep. Yep. So research this and see what it means to you, and and challenge you to try to figure out if the Nicolaitans um, are, might be connected to uh, what became the modern church. Uh, and so we're going to continue to talk about that in part three. And so we ask you to hang on and listen to the rest of this. And uh, I think that's about it, Jake. That's about it. All right. Well, hang on for part three. Part three is coming soon. All right. This is Matt. And Jake. Signing out.